Welcome to The Positive Effect. My name's April Sobral, and I am the founder of RetailU.ca and the author of The Positive Effect, a retail leader's guide to changing the world. I've had an amazing 25-year career in retail where I've traveled across the globe. I have worked and inspired thousands of leaders. And in this weekly podcast, I bring to you my retail friends and network conversations that will inspire you and encourage you to further your career in retail or beyond. We talk about leadership lessons learned and tips and tricks that can help you be a successful leader. So get ready to be inspired. And if you're looking for more leadership development, sign up at www.retailu.ca. And I'll see you on a live call soon. Jane, are we are we live? And error, wait a moment and then try again. Okay, hold on. Let me just bring Jane up. Okay, we're live. Yeah? Okay, awesome. <laughs> we're live. Okay, great. Awesome. Thanks, Jane, for your help. <laughs> so um, um, it's Wednesday. I'm really excited to be back. Okay, I'm getting these messages. Hold on. Oh, it's because of the other platforms. All right, got it. So we're live today. It's Wednesday. I'm back. I'm April. It's the positive effect. And um, I'm really excited today to talk to Kareem. Um, Karim has had a long um, career in retail, so we're going to get into it in a minute, Karim. <laughs> I'm really excited to talk to you. Um, so, you know, why do we have this conversation every Wednesday? We've we've been on air now, I think, about two months. It's, it's quite some time now. And it's really to feature retail leaders that have had a positive effect on the business and those they lead. And, I, I, you know, I'm so excited about this after working in retail for 25 years. I wrote a book called The Positive Effect, and it's all about the positive effect of a leader and what that leader can do. And so today we're going to pick Karim's brain. We're going to talk to him about his story and uh, we're going to you know, ask you a ton of questions and just have a real organic conversation. And so I'm, I'm super excited that you're here um, and hopefully <laughs> the universe is going to help us with this live stream so I don't have to talk about myself <laughs> for half an hour. So, um, so welcome. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. Uh, lovely to be here. Awesome to be here to see you, to see everyone and uh, and connect. Yeah. And you're a fellow Brit. <laughs> yes. Fellow British, even though my ethnicity is Moroccan, but uh, Britain, England, UK. <laughs> yeah, that's so awesome. So, um, so, Krim, just to get us started, can you tell us about your story in retail? I looked at your LinkedIn profile. We connected probably, I don't know, year ago when you know on the retail you platform and just through linkedin which is which is this is why i love linkedin because connect with people from all over the world but if you want to get started and share your story our viewers well you've been watching us and you're part of the retail you community but you know who they are it's all usually generally sales and operations leaders that want to learn from us so just share your story so that we can learn more about yeah, you so, so basically i was the the, the kind of uh, the kid that went from humble part-time saturday kid in the house of fraser in a, in a store called kendall's in manchester before there was selfridges before there was harvey nichols 
and really progressed through the ranks uh, to bigger uh, to become a big big Charlie big time Charlie manager in the Middle East, um, managing 135 stores, three brands, three countries. It was absolutely awesome. Well, give us a bit. Well, that that you're very you're being very humble there because <laughs> you're like, yeah, I started as a part time, but like. Walk us through how that happened, because I think it's really important. There's a lot of people in our community that um, like uh, don't see retail. Well, there's people in our community see retail as a real career, but a lot of people don't see retail as a real career. So I love bringing people on like you, like me, that have had like this successful career. So go back and slow down. We've got half an hour. I'm going to ask you more questions, but slow down a bit. So how did that happen? Like, how did you get your first job in retail? Yeah, so basically I was at Manchester Uni and obviously I needed uni going out uh, kind of money and stuff. So I started working in retail um, in Kendall's in Manchester. Uh, I applied for the position and had an interview and it was my first interview and it was the most worst horrific interview you've ever seen. I went from, I was the, the quiet boy at school, the, the kind of kid that would only put his hand up if 100% I knew the answer. And then I got um, you know asked to go to this interview uh, and they were saying, like, you know, what skills have you got? Like, and how, what difference can you make? And what impacts can you have on the business and stuff like that? And I was kind of like, um, I'm really friendly. I'm really friendly. I smile a lot. Um, and this kind of stuff. Uh, and then basically when I was there, I was really inspired by um, the store manager. Uh, she's called Kathy Needham, uh, who then went to become one of the store managers of Selfridges. Uh, and I was in the men's formal wear department. Uh, and it was really cool. It was a really cool time in Manchester. Like David Beckham was playing for United and he yeah. would come into the store every week and stuff like that. And I was on the wow. designer designer area, uh, folding the clothes and keeping them all nice and tidy and stuff. And she really just inspired me. I think it's, you know, for me, retail is all about people. And she was that inspiration. Like, uh, you know, the store was like a massive store, a bit like Macy's, like with six floors, seven floors. But she would always walk in. She had, air, you know, big air, big presence. She won loads of awards uh, in the region. And I just thought, wow, one day I want to be her. Um, so it kind of, it kind of started from from there, really. Oh, I love that. That's so cool. It's usually one person, right, in our career that's really inspired us. So you, you basically got a part-time job and then grew your career yeah. just through that I, one person inspiring you. I, I was one of those kids that went to university and didn't really know what, what I wanted to do. I kind of went to university for my parents to make them happy. Um, and then, but as I got into retail, I found that I really loved it. You know, it was the energy of the store. Like it was, it was a really cool department. They kind of had like a guy with DJ decks and stuff like that. Um, and just, there was a really good vibe and it was always really busy um obviously a lot busier than it kind of is now yeah. but, uh, but it, there was great energy and stuff and i just wanted to be there it was like a, a a cool chill out place and it didn't feel like work this is another thing about retail like when you hang out with cool people and there's a good vibe and the store music's going and you've got your sales targets and everything's going on the on the floor it's just really powerful and you just you just want to be there and i was kind of yeah. like i'm getting yeah. paid to just to be in this cool environment <laughs> let's have some more um and then when i graduated basically i graduated um and decided because i'd stayed at home for uni i went to london and i ended up working in harrods now harrods for me was like the best wow. store in the world like it was like how do i even get a job in harrods i just went there and i applied 
I told them I worked in the House of Fraser. That's kind of linked to Harrods in a in the in historical sense. And they were like, yeah. "Yeah, cool, come on board." Again, worked in men's formal wear, and Harrods was like unbelievable. Like, you know, Michael Jackson went there when I was there. Madonna went there when I was there, uh, and it was just phenomenal. Like, you know, I was selling like expensive suits, so like suit jackets were like I don't know, fifteen thousand pounds, Brioni and stuff like that. Wow. Um, and the level of service and how immaculate and the, you know retail is detail, right? Right. They wouldn't, they wouldn't even let you in the store if you weren't shaved. If you weren't clean shaven <laughs> like this, they were kind of like, go home and get changed. Um, wow. So I really kind of learned my trade and learned about um, predominantly selling, the art of selling. I used to think I was a good salesman before uh, I got to Harrods. But then I found that there were like sharks who would kind of say to me, Karim, yeah. Look over there, go and tidy that. And they did they steal the customer and steal the sale. I was like, wow, okay, <laughs> that's how it is. So then obviously I had to adapt. So that's amazing. So then after Harrods, you went where? So from Harrods, I then went to I got homesick, missed my family. Uh, my sister found me a job interview in uh, for Selfridges, it was. Okay. And basically, Selfridges were just opening up in the Trafford Centre. It was new, new for Manchester. They only had one store in London. They were, you know broadening their horizons, opening up a store in Manchester. I walked into a presentation, a recruitment presentation, and then Kathy Needham, the store manager that I'd seen in all my life, that I thought, wow, she's the big thing, the person I want to emulate. I walked in, I was actually late from the train in London. I got into the presentation, she went, hi, Karib. And I was like, oh, cool. So I sat down. Uh, then I had an interview, uh, became men's formal wear team leader, did this whole store setup. Oh my God, store setups like the, the adrenaline rush of like setting up a, the traffic center was was you know the biggest shopping mall in Europe at the time. We were the Amazing. like big thing uh, feature uh, presentation of, of that period as well. So that was just an awesome experience. And um, actually, then I overcame a lot of my fears uh, about public speaking. So before then, I was like, I told you, I was very quiet kind of guy. And I think retail, it really brings people out of the shell. It and really that's what does. It did for me, like I had one week of training. And then the next week, I was actually training people who'd been in retail for 35 years, kind of thinking to myself, oh, my God, they know so much more than me. How come I'm training them? But it really worked in my favor. And, uh, yeah, I really love training. And then I went to work in, in HR in Selfridges for two years doing training and development. And again, that was that was really motivational. We won the Investors in People Award. Wow. I learned so much skills. We did MVQs, uh, which was very paper-based and stuff. But again, it, it gave good credibility to the store. So that was fantastic. Um, worked there for four years, uh, four or five years. And then I moved on to work for a company called Office, Office Shoes. I worked um, at Office Shoes. Really? <laughs> I was working in the one in South Moulton Street. Yeah, that was one of my first um, part-time sales jobs when I was like 18, yeah. my first job in London, yeah. So then I went to work in Harvey Nichols, selling uh, the, the high end uh, yeah. of Office Shoes, which is Post. And again, that was an amazing experience, totally different in terms of like it was much more quieter than Selfridges. Mm -hmm. But when you got your customers, again, it was the footballers, uh, you had to convert, you had to make them buy things. Um, and it was a different kind of pressure, but really fun. Um, and again, I, I worked there for two years and then got recruited on the shop floor for Aldo. who kind of came in and was like, oh, do you want to go for coffee? And I was like, really? Um, <laughs> is this coffee or is this a date or what's going on? <laughs> 
But then uh, I went to work for Aldo, and I've been working them for them for the last 13 years. Wow. Which is started off as a store manager in the Trafford Centre, uh, well, assistant store manager, actually, which was kind of ironic, because at the time I was like, hmm, why should I join Aldo when Office are a bigger company? Right. Not knowing that Aldo are actually the bigger company who are multinational and stuff like that. Um, and then, yeah, really progressed through the ranks. I'd worked in the Trafford Centre for 10 years. Now, this is like a, a really good wow. lesson for people. 10 years in one store, patience is a virtue. Um, I was offered promotion after promotion uh, in London to be a store manager again. But every time they came to me knocking on the door for promotion, I was having a baby. So I had three, I've got four girls and I had three wow. of them like three years apart. And every time they came knocking on my door, it's kind of like, I'm having a baby, can't do. I'm having a baby, can't do. And subliminally, maybe I was in my comfort zone. Mm. And uh, one of the best learnings I had, um, they were kind of telling me, like, obviously my dream was to become a, a regional manager. And everything I was doing was trying to prove that I'm the best, that I'm the go-to guy that I could be a regional manager. Until one time, it was coming up to eight years. And then I got a, a general manager visit from, like, you know, the GM of Aldo himself. Right. Came to the store and basically said, you either need to change your um, behavior um or we're going to change you and i was kind of like really and what he meant by that was obviously i'd one manager of the year and stuff mm -hmm. but you can get you can become static mm. and you can become blinkered mm. and he just said to me like as we all love you but you become blinkered so you now need to change your perception they've got this competition called uh, club elite which is for the top one percent uh of performers worldwide and he said to me yes you brought on people and they've won club elite but as a store and as a team, you've not won it. So wow. Why, so why not? Uh, and then what I really realized then was, and this is probably my biggest learning in retail. Uh, I'm talking about management. Yeah. Was that I was very Karim centric. So it, well, it wasn't that I was selfish. It was just that like I did everything that I tried to be. You know, I tried to make sure my recruitment was the best, my paperwork was the best, the health and safety was the best, the KPI was the best. But I was kind of thinking about me and improving myself mm. rather than improving the team. And the second like, I had that experience um, and focused on the team and really developed them, I think it was a game changer for me and my, my uh, career just went from strength to strength. Um, and then I was offered an international role um, in in Saudi Arabia, uh, managing like 135 stores, looking after Saudi, Egypt, Jordan. So all this time I'd wanted promotion and I kept knocking <clears> on my regional manager's door every day, like, I want to get promoted. I want to pay rise. I want to get, like, every year it was like they were kind of, I thought they were fobbing me off. <laughs> but then they came to me um, and I'd won this international competition twice on the bounce, which nobody's ever done before in the UK. Okay. Um, it's called, it's called Club Elite, and it, it's almost impossible to win it. Like, there's 35 store managers. They are ultra competitive. They've all got their A game. You've got to hit every single KPI in terms of conversion, your add-on sales, your handbags, uh, how the store looks, how you recruit, all that kind of stuff. Okay. Almost impossible. Um, and I did it twice in a row, which never been done before. Um, and for that, uh, in terms of reward management, and this is what I really want to say about retail reward management, they used to take the top two performers in each category. So the top two managers, the top two assistant managers, the top two sales leads, et cetera. 
And that really worked well because people were ultra competitive. They all wanted to win. And when you won, you won big. You got like a free trip to Canada, five star, all expenses paid. You go to the head office. The head office is the size of like uh, the traffic. Yeah, I've been to their office. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's amazing. On red carpet, Mr. Aldo and all the top executives are clapping you in. And you walk from there into the presentation hall, um, basically on red carpet. Mm. Um, Then you walk in and then they just, you know, they they nominate you for manager of the year and stuff like that. It's like a life-changing experience. Thankfully, a regional manager I worked with, he was kind of like, you're going to be so humbled by this. So that when you get there, just be have the right mindset. Otherwise, you're going to freeze and it's going to be you're going to be in overwhelm and all that kind of stuff. So I really, you know, like to thank him. Um, and it was absolutely amazing. You go you go there and then they send you for a week, like to the, I think I went to Punta Cana the first time and the second time was the Dominican Republic. Amazing. And it was just absolutely unbelievable. When I was there, this is how lucky of a guy I'm blessed I am. Mm-hmm. I got interviewed on the beach subconsciously because they've got the, the, the best of the best there. Right. That's where they source their regional managers and national managers and all that kind of stuff because they kind of think that, to be in the top 1%, you're already walking the talk, if you like. Mm. Um, and that's where I got sourced uh, and interviewed subconsciously for this uh, Saudi position. So amazing. I think, experience. you know what? I love what you're sharing because, you know, I remember when I wanted to get promoted and I was doing that, you know, pick me, pick me, pick me. And it was all about me. And then, um, and then when I realized it was all about the team and, and impacting and like improving my team, that's what really changed the game for me too. And I think that this is really important for a lot of managers, field leaders to actually hear that because um, salespeople, natural salespeople are driven by recognition of, of having results, right? If you're a results-driven leader and you can get kind of get stuck in your own way in that place, whereas when you, when you, when you grow in the food chain in retail and you're managing like 120 stores or you know, 200 stores or even 10 stores, you can't be in that store every day like you were before. It can't be about you. It has to be about everybody else, right? Like, so yeah. that's such a big lesson for people to learn um, if they want to grow in their retail career. And I hear that time and a time. There is no shortcut, you know, going through the ranks, doing your time. And I think what's really impressive to me is 10 years in one store, that's really hard because you've got to reinvent yourself. There's a lot of people that hop from store to store. And I'm not saying don't do that. But when you have to reinvent yourself in your own store over yeah. and over again, I think that is even harder, right? It, it was a major challenge because, you know, like I, I had done one store, another store in Leeds. And I found it quite easy. When you go to a different store, you're kind of like a different person. And you're ultra competitive because you're like, I'm going to smash the figures that were built here. But when you're going up, like in the store that I worked in, I'd broken the records. I won manager of the year. And to still have that energy and drive and enthusiasm and to build like one team after another team after another team, it was like, it does get to a point where kind of like you've been there and you not demotivated but like what what next yeah. but yeah really learning a lot um and really learning um that you need to listen more rather yeah than, i was gonna uh, i was gonna ask you that so um i know i had a list of questions and we haven't gone through those questions but this is awesome <laughs> because you're sharing so many great nuggets but like how um how has your leadership changed and evolved over time you talked a little bit about it right now right how 
And um, when you realize it wasn't just about you, it was about the team, but even growing beyond that, you know, your store and having that moment, how is your, how did your leadership evolve over time? People ask me that question all the time. And I think it's a great question to ask leaders so that other people can learn from you. Yeah, I think I'm definitely be, becoming a lot more strategic. Um, and what I mean by that is having the right people, uh, recruiting the right people. You know, when I was a, a younger manager, I used to think, oh, I'm an amazing manager. I can change people. Uh, and if this person's amazing in selling and he's like got a poor attitude, I can, I can work on that. I can work on it. Um, but the, the more I've worked in retail, the, the more I've kind of like not tried to change people and taken them at face value. And then also in terms of be, becoming strategic, like looking ahead. So as a store manager, even when you know when you get to a store manager level, you kind of like, okay, this week's in the bag. You're going to make the target. What yeah, about next yeah. week? What about the week after? And the more higher up you go in the ranks, is what about the succession plan? What about next season? What's new? What's exciting? You know, you know making sure that all the departments are coherently talking to each other and stuff like that. So oh. then. Um, yeah. Okay. We lost you for a minute. So hopefully it's not going to freeze again. You're back. Yay. <laughs> um, nice to see you guys in the chat. Lisa, Darlene, Omar. He said, Omar said, Kareem Duka is, you're a legend and an inspiration. You've got a fan base. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's nice. That's Thank awesome. you, Omar. <laughs> so, okay. What did you, um, this is a question that people always ask us at Retail You. you know, what did you look for when you were growing your career i mean you know you were with one brand for a really long time and you said a lot of it you stayed where you were because you had your family and you prioritized that but you know along the way you wanted to grow so what were you looking for along that path to grow your career and what advice would you give people that want to do the same thing yeah i was always looking and aiming for perfection um i worked with some amazing leaders uh and they were amazing in different aspects so I worked with an amazing, you know, visual lady who was like, I think the best in the world. Um, so I just tried to take from every single manager the best of the best, you know, like, um, and going for the big brands, you know, like working in Selfridges, working in Harrods, working in Harvey Nichols. It's kind of like you, you take the best of each of them and kind of make it your own formula and stuff. So that was my thing, um, especially in training development. Um, and I think that's really important. Mm. um for sure what about like challenges can you share like um a challenge that you had to overcome i know we have lots of challenges in retail sometimes it's a sales goal sometimes it's a piece of feedback that we had to kind of digest <laughs> sometimes it's um you know just the the product line whatever it is but what's a challenge that you had to overcome karim and if you can share that that would be awesome yeah, I've had a few in my career. Um, one of the challenges, like in Aldo, <laughs> was basically that they are ultra intense and high intensity. So that if you've, um, you know, everywhere else was kind of more laid back. Uh, okay. The department stores I'm talking about. But Aldo would like, would take you and push you in a, in a positive way to reach 100%. You know, if you got 90%, um, or you may, let's, I'll give you an example. Like if you, let's say you had an amazing sales day and you, you, you beat your target, you know, by 200%, they would still come to you and they'd look at the weakest aspect of that day and say to you, you could have made more money if you would have upsold this or you would have upsold that. 
And that mindset for me was really difficult because it was like they were never satisfied. Okay. Um, but then it would it would really improve your game uh, so much so that you could always like aim for perfection every single time. And it also made you really thick-skinned uh, in terms of they would give you like criticism about how about your image. You know, you don't look on brand today. You look tired today. Like they would give you direct feedback, and that from that feedback you usually learn more them from just positive phrases it's like when we had regional manager visits to get 100% or to get 90% literally the store would have to be perfect um, <laughs> and the standards would have to be perfect and that, that's something I really learned you know like they come in they, they come in and look at the store and there'd be a light bulb missing and they'd be like do I need to come all the way from Canada man change your light bulb are you serious <laughs> and it was like it was so funny but it really made you understand the big picture of retail. Retail is detail. You've got to, you've got to have the whole, um, you've got to be the full person, not just be great at selling or not just be good with paperwork. You know, usually in retail, people have got one amazing asset and they mm -hmm. kind of stick to that. But I learned within, within the Aldo concept to be, to be good at everything and never to drop the ball. Um, they would often say, you've dropped the ball, man. You know, you know, front of house is amazing, but the stock room, it's out for lunch. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. Um, I mean, I share, yeah, I share a story in my book about that. When I had a store manager called Julie Gogol, I'm going to say her last name wrong because I always call her Google, but it's not, it's Gogol. Um, when I was in Florida and I remember her giving me some feedback about my closing checklist, you know, <laughs> and she was like, you're not, you're like, you know, when you want to get promoted, you keep asking to have your own store, but like, you can't even do the closing checklist and get like the banking things signed off. Right. Right. Like it's the detail of it. And in my mind, I was like, but I'm so good with people and customers and I'm the best floor leader and I'm the best coach. And she was like, but you, when you get promoted, April, she's like, you want everybody on this team to support you. You don't want them to be able to say, well, why did she get it? And I didn't get it when I'm working just as hard as her and she's not doing, you know, the details of things 100%. And that yeah. was a wake up call for me um, because details is not my thing i mean visual merchandising details that's a whole nother story i am i am a really good visual merchandiser but like the paperwork admin side was not my thing and then i thought well yeah if i want to expect others so if i take a store now and i have to expect others to do it i better step up my game and actually check you know cross my t's dot my i's and be really good at that and so it was a to me a very small thing but to her it was a big thing it changed my perspective completely that conversation and it hurt a little bit because I was like, it's just a checklist. But I was like, no, she was right, you know, and I write about that in the book. Those details are so important, right? Yeah. And, and when I won that second Club Elite, which was probably my proudest moment uh, for the team, was that everybody was working in tandem. And that's what I liked about it. you don't have to be the best person at everything, but to, together collectively, the team all support and all work together. And that, that's really, really powerful. Mm. Um, when you've got that vibrancy and um, yeah, the diversification in the store is fantastic. Hundred um, percent. You've answered a lot of my questions, actually, <laughs> <laughs> which is awesome. Um, but <clears throat> when I mean, you obviously felt extremely proud of winning Club Elite. Yeah, sounds like you had a very, very proud moments. But I always ask this question because 
there's so many awards that we win. There's so many things on our resume when people look at it that they're like, you know, stand out to people, especially when you're like interviewing and you're sharing different stories about what you've accomplished. But is there another time that you can say that you're really, really proud of um, and yeah, what that I, was? I mean, the biggest, my biggest success in my career, which well, what I'll say now is that when I was in Saudi Arabia, uh, which is a whole new universe. It was kind of like, forget what you've learned in the UK, forget retail as it, as you know it, like almost go back in time, not go back in time in terms of the stores. They were like ahead of the UK. You, you'd be shocked. It's like New York, Manhattan, like Fifth Avenue kind of standards. Um, but what happened there was we went through a phase of uh, nationalization. So within one month, and I mean within one month, we, we had to change the team from an entire male team, right, who's been there 12, 15 years uh, from people from the Indian subcontinent and the Philippines to a team of ladies who had never, ever left the house before. Wow. Right? And it was like, it was, wow, it was like feminization, uh, women's power on a different level. And in terms of the culture difference people were coming to interviews with their little babies like it was like this is totally different like i'd never seen anything like it in my in my life and we had to do that within a month i'm talking 2000 employees and just going through that obviously it was very difficult people were losing their jobs um, people had to go back to their countries and their livelihoods and stuff like that but at the same time the female empowerment that happened there um, you know, people like one of the managers that after one year, she won Clubberly that I'd obviously recruited and helped. And for me, that was the greatest moment, like going taking someone who didn't know anything about retail, and I mean nothing, mm. um, to, to make them a store manager of the year, like within one year. That wow. was absolutely phenomenal. Like how the business even survived. To this day, I don't know the complexities of it, like from a HR perspective, et cetera. Like it was unbelievably complicated, but we, we stuck at it. Um, we helped, you know, it was actually, check this one out. It was actually illegal for me as a male to go into the store. Yeah, I had to kind of manage the store remotely and give them, <laughs> kind of sneak in there as a customer and give them advice and stuff like that. It was it was unbelievable, but wow. an amazing thing. <laughs> women, women were able to drive in that year in Saudi. And there was just, it was just like a revolution happened. And it, revolution that I'll never forget. What an amazing experience and time in history to be part of in a country and in retail, the industry that we love so much, right? Like that's yeah, just... it was like, uh, you know, like Aldo and um, the, the brand partner, the franchisee in Saudi, they, they won like female empowerment awards left, right and center. And it was an amazing experience. Like to this day, you know, what they've achieved uh, and what the females that have come on board and just, you know, they're all in management positions. They all know what they're doing. Um, the VM was maintained. Like you, you cannot believe how successful uh, the whole thing was. Uh, and it's, it's just, wow. It's the wow of the wow. <laughs> well, that speaks to leadership though, right? <clears throat> Your leadership. And that's why, um, you know, you've had yeah, I mean, so much, so much success because leader leadership really, really matters. 
It really does. Yeah, for sure. And it was a big team, obviously, like, you know, HR was involved. There was lots of male managers with lots of experience and they got the strategy right. You know, the goods in, the goods out. The There was like male teams that were going in when the store was closed, like little elves, like helping <laughs> the visuals and all that kind of stuff. It took a lot of work, an unbelievable amount of work. But to get through that, like, coming back to the UK, I'm kind of thinking, okay, yeah, I can do anything now. Like, right, right. No challenge. Right. Yeah, 100%. All right, so we're coming up on time. Um, so my last question for you really is, what advice would you give a retail manager or a leader today if they you know, find this in, the, in our feed or they're, they're, they're listening to this or they're looking at your career, looking at my career, um, and, and they want to progress in retail? What advice would you give them to be successful? Because retail's definitely changed, right? When we started, we didn't have e-com. We had more foot traffic in the stores. So it's definitely evolved over time. But um, what, what advice would you give them? Definitely surround yourself with winners. The, the team that you have, and I think even more so as we go forward, has to be productive. They have to be amazing and they have to have the right attitude. If you can hire train, recruit, um, get that positive vibe in the store. Now we need to convert um, more than ever uh, because of the onset of e-commerce stuff and go back to the retail basis of giving that amazing customer service, listening to the customer, not just trying to sell you products, but really meeting the needs of the customer uh, and go back to the old school in terms of total customer service, make it amazing, do things that e-com or online can't, you know, that touchy-feely, that making people feel good, all that kind of stuff, uh, and surrounding yourself with, with awesome people because everyone has a bad day, but when you're down, you know, the, the store concepts of, like, being your second family or being the home from home, that's really, really important, as well as the, the, the whole wellness thing and the positive energy and training developing and really giving back to your people. I really believe in service leadership and I think that every leader should be a service leader. So when you're there to service your team, your team really appreciate you and they will do anything for you, no matter what, how big the challenge is. Yeah, 100%. I think that if you get up every day, a leader told me this a long time ago. He was a regional director of mine in Florida when I worked at Banana. And he said, when you go home every day, you have to ask yourself, what are your team saying about you at the dinner table? Because how they talk about you is how they show up every day. And their family are actually having an impact on how they show up every day as well to work for you. And that was a really big lesson. So every time I would go home, I would think about that. And I'd think about how, you know, and the, I mean, there's so many complexities, right? Like from training to, like you said, retails in the details. But at the end of the day, how your team performs uh, when you're not around is really important. And also yeah. what you said, what I'm taking away from talking to you today is you can't change people. I am so optimistic in the beginning of my career, I really believed I could change people, right? And you can't. It doesn't mean to say that you don't have an optimistic attitude towards others. And it doesn't mean to say that you don't um, see the best in them, but you can guide and train and encourage and empower. But at the end of the day, you've got to surround yourself with winners, like you said, Kareem. And I always recruited from Aldo. Like when I was, cause you know, I, I've been in Canada for the last 16 years now, just moved to the US, but I always recruited from Aldo because they had such great um, service and great training. And their yeah. standards were their standards were high, man. Like th those managers had a lot of resilience working yeah, there. Yeah, 
sorry to cut you, there's three main qualities, like cool, worldly, and passionate. And it's retail is all about personality. Someone without personality, uh, I don't think that they were struggling retail on the shop floor. And that's for me what I always look for. Attitude, personality, then obviously you can train the ability and stuff like that. But if they've got the right attitude, if they can bring their A game every single day, that's the person you need to have in your store, giving that mm -hmm. vibrancy and just making it an amazing place. Yeah, you got to like people, right? Yeah. <laughs> Customers totally. walk in. Sometimes me and Jane go shopping and we're like, they really should be working retail because they don't, they don't act oh, like yeah. they like people. I mean, yeah. leadership matters. The positive effect of a leader can ignite a team. I've seen that over and over again when I've changed managers out or um, hired new people. Um, you can see a team change. So leadership does matter. But... Thank you so much, Kareem. This awesome. was such a great conversation and learning about everything that you've learned in retail and passing on that wisdom to our audience um, and our viewers. So I can't thank you enough. My pleasure. Um, so, and, you know, good luck with everything you're doing now. I know that you're doing coaching now and you can yeah. find, right? That's what you're up to now. Coaching is the way forward. Yeah. Invest in your people, make them yeah. live their dreams and uh, it's going to happen. Yeah. So if you want to find Kareem, you can follow him on LinkedIn. Um, and if you find this post and you found this really interesting and you work in retail, share it with your retail network. Share it with as many people as you can, because we are going to continue to keep bringing this conversation every week on The Positive Effect, uh, featuring amazing retail leaders like Kareem. So I just want to say thanks to everybody for joining and we're signing off and we'll see you next week. Bye. Thanks, April. Thanks, everyone. Thank you.